Hey guys, welcome to 10 out of 10 reviews where everything is always a perfect 10 out of 10. I'm Alex. I'm Michaela. And I'm Max. And this is episode three, the spookiest one. <laughs> As part of our Spooktober event, it's part three, the end of the trilogy. Today we're going to be talking about some ghost stories and just a bunch of fun facts about ghosts. So we're going to start today with an interview with from our medium friend, uh, Ja Jade. I guess the first question I have is, how early did you notice? I'd like to say that the earliest I noticed Ghost was about when I was in seventh grade and like middle school. The, uh, the apartment that we lived at was kind of, it had a weird setup. And it always felt really off, so uh, that was one of like the first encounters I think I saw like a full body apparition. Okay. So like, it's like, what was that like seeing a full body apparition? <laughs> when you're not expecting someone else in your apartment, it's yeah. kind of scary. <laughs> it was uh, it was me and my best friend. We were sitting at my computer, and we had a really weird setup. Like I said, like the living room was on the front, obviously. But uh, there was this window that overlooked the like my school and the area that we lived in. And my mom decided, why not put the computer right here in this awkward little corner? And so me and my best friend being up late, we left the kitchen light on and the hallway light on and the light that was at the desk on. So that was facing behind us. And we uh, were talking, we were on MySpace to really date this. <laughs> and we saw this kind of like this shadow come forward and stretch across the entire living room towards us and then go into the kitchen which was to the opposite of the hallway that led to our bedrooms and so we immediately kind of were like maybe you know maybe it's your sister maybe it's my mom and we kind of like we're like hello is anyone there we didn't hear anything and we could still hear like her sister talking in the room so we got up and we checked and there was nothing in the kitchen so we both were like cool this, this is where we cut it. We're going to sleep now. <laughs> Shut off the computer and like ran into my room. <laughs> so it was, it was terrifying for us at the time. <laughs> but I think as time went on, I've gotten more used to seeing like shadows or like a full body apparition in like the corner of my eye in different places. So it's not like a scary experience really anymore? Not anymore. Um, only if I'm home alone, <laughs> then it's a little bit scary because then I'm like, wait, is someone actually home or am I just, is, is this one of the days, like my roommates are just creeping through the halls or am I really alone in the house? And so that's happened, but it's gotten a little less scary over time. So it's not as scary. You don't ever feel like you're in danger? It depends. With each ghost, um, you can kind of feel their aura like... If they're a really, if they were a tormented ghost, or it just happened by coincidence, and that's where they happen to still be, it's kind of, it's kind of different for each ghost. Like we've had a ghost in the old apartment that I lived in that we wouldn't go into the living room or kitchen area at a certain hour because it just didn't feel welcoming in there at night. So we'd usually like stay in our rooms and take everything with us. But I haven't had that recently, thankfully. That's good. <laughs> So do you have any like specific instances where it did feel scary or dangerous or when I go to hospitals, I'd say it it can get scary. 
because a lot of times ghosts aren't really aware that they've passed on, but they are still in that realm. And it depends on how the ghost passed on. So when I go to hospitals, I'm kind of very wary about how far I go away from my family because you will sometimes get like the feeling that someone is behind you when there's no one behind you. And from that feeling, you can determine whether it's just lost kind of and confused or if it's angry and ready to attack. So it's different. Like I've stayed at places like friend's house and I didn't know that it was haunted. And I've like woke up with like scratch marks on my body and stuff like that. But it depends. I have to be awake to really notice if they're scary or not. Yeah. A little clairvoyant birdie told us that he had to come over and, and remove something. <laughs> this, this is a twice, actually, that Cameron's had to come and help me. So one case was actually last semester. And apparently, in my dreams, I brought something out that was known as a jumper. And it was just, in my dreams, it was something. It, was, it told me it was like this kid or something in my dreams. That's how it presented itself. And it was like, say my name three times. And so in my dream, not thinking about it really, I was like, oh, what, what's the worst that can happen? And so I'm just like... Rookie mistake. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was horrible. <laughs> I made mistakes. I said, the, um, I said his name three times, and then I remember I woke up, and I was kind of like, you know, I kind of felt really tired still. Man, I, I still felt like something was with me even when I woke up. So when I, like, left out of my house, I was jokingly... Like communicating with the spirit and I was like hey, if you're still here you know you should you should mess with my teacher or mess with the computer in my classroom because um, ghosts can take energy from electronics and such like that so I jokingly said that and then I got to class and <laughs> the computer wouldn't start <laughs> it was really funny to me and I was like I didn't, I didn't think you'd take me serious please stop I'd like to get out of here <laughs> So like after a while, my teacher struggling before she was finally about to say let's switch classrooms. The computer came on and everything, and the lesson went on. But later that day, he had to come by and get rid of the jumper. And then recently, um, someone in my apartment released some type of entity into my my apartment. It was great. And one of the strongest points were in my room, and then uh, the second strongest point of like haunting was in my uh, my roommates next to me. But we all kind of believe that it's our one roommate in the other room down the hall that uh, brought it in. Mainly because we all believe she's possessed. Mm-hmm. Not going to drop any names. But <laughs> like he came over. He blessed my house and everything. And got rid of it. It was it was a short process. And I'm always happy to have Cameron help me. <laughs> so who all knows about this? You're not really private about it from what I can tell. Does your family know what's going on? Do they approve of what's uh, going on? My family know because most of my family is very like Baptist <laughs> and very God-fearing people. So I don't know how well that would go over with my grandmother and everyone else. So like as far as family knows, they don't know of like my abilities or my religion background. But um, my friends do because I trust my friends. <laughs> and I feel more comfortable talking to them about it, obviously, because they're not going to just be like, you heathen, you devil worshiper. <laughs> it's not going to be something like that. My friends are going to be like, oh, okay. <laughs> so you, you said that, so in a hospitals, you see a lot of activity. Is there anywhere else where you just kind of notice patterns of where hauntings happen? 
well, the weird thing that I've come to notice is it doesn't matter um, the hauntedness level of it. It depends on if the, the apparition itself wants to present itself to you. That's the first thing I've noticed. And so it depends on where I go. Like at my apartment, I've never, the apartment that my mother lives at now, actually, I should say, I've never seen anything until I came back from camp. So it depends on like how comfortable, I guess, the apparition feels with you and just how willing they are to present themselves at the time. Because when I was home over the summer uh, after camp, there was a apparition that I could kind of see in my mother's room and she wasn't home and it was like a woman in a white dress and she seemed very angry at me or at the situation she was in but there's no way I can help, you know. I can't help them pass on to the next side if I don't know more. So it's kind of instances like that. It depends on the area, and it depends on if they want to present themselves. Okay. So I have a question. Was there a time that you were able to help a ghost pass on to the other side? I want to say in my last apartment, yeah. There was a ghost. I named her Rebecca, and she haunted my closet slash my bathtub strange enough but um me and my roommate were able to kind of like get information from her about like when she passed away which was way before the school bought the apartment and then um if she had died there and it was no she didn't die there she just happened to end up in that area kind of and then we kind of went on to try to like bring peace her to move her on it wasn't that she was a scary ghost it was just kind of like going to the bathroom, I don't like to know that there's someone in there with me. I I, I don't know about anyone else, but personally. It's like when the dog <laughs> follows you into yeah, the bathroom. <laughs> it's that staring like, what you doing over there? And I was like, no, I need I need you to go, I'm sorry. And so we helped her move on by like, trying to shed light that this isn't the place you, pa- if this isn't the place you died at, you should be able to move on. And so it was a short process, but she did eventually move on and go. Is there any logic to where they're, I guess, bound to, stuck to, if it's not always where they've passed on, where they passed away into death? It could be that it was one of the places that they were fond of, um, or places that they died viciously or something like that, but it depends, I feel. depends if they want to stay in their original home, or if they want to just be in a place that brought them happiness. So what do you do, uh, you said that you've run into the spirits uh, at least twice here, uh, living here, going to school. So what do you do to protect yourself? Is there anything that you or the average person could do? Um, well, what I do usually is I have my bag of stones now actually with me. Not here with me at this, but in my room now that I will used to like cleanse my room before I go to sleep so that nothing comes in again or I like pray in my own way so that's basically reciting something that I've taught myself over the years to protect myself um for other people my grandma believes in um if you're strongly Christian or Catholic you know putting crosses up around your house, whether they be like paper crosses or not, and then doing cross with olive oil across your forehead and reciting, um, what is it? It's it's some part of the Bible that she recites. So it depends um, on your religion, I feel. 
you can use that to protect yourself or you can use sage over your doors and windows as a barrier kind of to protect yourself that's what Cameron taught me um, but it depends it depends on your religion and how strong your faith is I, I would believe You've talked about, so the, a spirit came to you in a dream and asked you to say its name three times. And that's mm-hmm. kind of a kind of a setup that, like, as far as ghosts come, I'm familiar with the saying of names. Uh, how often do you run into spirit summoning, and how do you, have you ever done it purposefully, or is it? No, I haven't done it purposely, because you never know how the spirit can react to that. <laughs> And you call upon the wrong spirit that I could really ruin it for you. So uh, I try not to. I try to avoid that at all costs. If someone has done it before, I usually try to avoid that person for a second. Because <laughs> I don't know how they're going to react to me. Um, but I try, I definitely try not to bring up any spirits. That was a, a very unfortunate one time thing that happened to me in my dream. So I need to know, for my own curiosity, Ouija boards, they make them, Hasbro makes them, the people who make the My Little Ponies, do they work? Um, I feel like they can work, uh, definitely depends on the design of it probably, but I, 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 okay, fun story, I created a Ouija board with my best friend because we were both broke, we created it out of cardboard. Uh, Found out later that I still had that spirit kind of following me that we summoned that was named Nick at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that, sadly. Uh, that he caused some damage. Um, had to have camera fix that, too. But uh, it's, it's it depends how believing you are in something. Like, so it's not the board itself. It's your intention to it's, use the board. Yeah, it's definitely your intention. It's definitely dealing on what purpose are you using it for. Even when it's like, haha type of funny. When you're trying to be like, oh, haha, um, if you're in the room, make a noise or something. It depends. Because some spirits will take that as an actual invitation. Be like, okay, you wanted me to come, I'm here. What are you going to do about it now? But I don't think that it's in the same degree as movies try to make it out to be. It's not going to be like a straight up, everyone dies. And movies want to add 100,000 rules. Like, oh, if you look through the planchette, you're, you're, go, you're going to see hell is one I've heard, or that you'll see the yeah. ghost, or that um, I've heard that if you burn them... You're not then, supposed to burn it. Yeah, I've heard that that's dangerous. Yeah, uh, by burning it, you're basically releasing any demon that's in present, from what I've been taught. Um best way to discard it is to either break it into four pieces and bury it but you are never meant to burn it and if you are using a Ouija board everyone's hand must remain on the planchette the second you release your hand from it you're kind of making yourself free for anything to follow you after that I wouldn't say possess you but follow you because what's happening is depending on if it's two people three people or four people you're creating kind of like a bond between each other to keep yourselves protected while using the planchette at the time. You always have to say goodbye after every use because mm-hmm. then it's going to still follow you. <laughs> Do you use salt frequently? I've heard that that can be a good way to make a barrier. 
Um, I haven't used salt recently, but I haven't had to since Cameron came over. But yes, salt is meant to be a barrier. Kind of, you can put it across like your windowsill or your door. Kind of as like a breaking point to be like, you can't enter this area. Or you can draw a circle around to stand in to protect yourself during things like that. But I haven't had to use it yet, so. Those are all the questions we've written down. Do you have anything else that you're excited to share? I mean, besides my moments of ghosts communicating me when I didn't want them to, sure. <laughs> Uh, like I said, when Rebecca was still in our apartment, the thing that would happen was um, if you were, if there was like a little bit of people in the apartment, that's more when they were active, the ghosts. And so it would be like the subtlest thing. It's like saying somebody's name and then you'd be like, wait, like, who said my name? Or the thing that happened to me was I was going to bed and I'm usually the last one in bed in my apartment. And I climbed into bed and pulled the blankets up and I heard, and I was like, mm, good night. <laughs> like, turned over, like pulled the blankets up high. No, thank <laughs> you. like, ah, I'm good. Goodbye. <laughs> or uh, another time was um, I came home early, and I, by this time, learned my roommate's schedules, so I knew when people would be home or awake. And I was like, you know what? I'll make me some Tostitos pizza rolls. I'm kind of hungry. <laughs> And I put hashtag my hashtag not sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag please. Yeah. <laughs> but like we uh, I I would like put them in the microwave and everything, and I walked back to my room. I I like closed the door for a second, and then I heard like footfalls in the hallway that leads between it. But it was like heavy boots, and I know none of my roommates own boots, but I still was kind of like, hello. I did the very horror movie-esque thing of peeking my head out the door and saying hello <laughs> and hearing nothing in response while I ran, grabbed my, my pizza roll and ran back to my room and locked the door. <laughs> that was my life story there. But um, it's usually, when I see ghosts, it's kind of like in a passing or they're standing in one area kind of just like watching you. Because now they're like, who are you and why are you here? If, they're not, if they don't realize that they've passed on, they're constantly going to be like, why are you in my house? Why are you here? Who are you? Type of thing. And it's very nerve-wracking sometimes. <laughs> but usually, they, most ghosts, are they won't approach you. So that's the extent of my stories for right now. Yeah, I think that's it. Cool. Thank you for doing the interview. It was fun. No problem. Of course, I'm here. Thank you for your time. Wow, what a great interview, guys. It was real good. I'm real glad we did that. Yeah, it turned out pretty well, I think. Yeah, Jade's real cool. Oh, wow. I like Jade. So we recently went on a little field trip to this little abandoned ghost town near us called Grafton. Now, Grafton was settled in 1859. It was originally called Wheeler. Then that town flooded. It killed a bunch of people. It ruined their farms. So they moved slightly up the river and rebuilt the town. They called the new town Grafton. Grafton was home to 168 people. It was a busy little town. They grew cotton, which is weird here in southern Utah, which is, we're right on the border of Arizona, and it's super deserty. There's mesas right down the street from our house. And they were growing cotton. That's why they call it Dixie down here, is because the Mormon church wanted to create a new Dixie so that we could 
have cotton plantations and make a ton of money being the new south. So in 1866, the town was abandoned due to Indian attacks. They returned two years later. Other remains of the town is an old cemetery that's just full of dead kids killed by Indians and other weird circumstances. Eventually the town was just fully abandoned because nobody lived there and there was no money to be made attempting to grow cotton. And we're talking about Grafton today because we went out there about a week ago and it it was horrible and I hated it and I can't wait to go back with all of our friends. Me too. I really want to take our clairvoyant friend and Jade, the medium, and have them see what they feel because when they looked at the pictures, they were like, ooh, that place is haunted. It felt haunted. It they was... actually said it like that too? No, that's that's a paraphrase. They. <laughs> okay. What they said was, they, we feel a lot of energy coming from this place, coming from these pictures, and it's... So translation, ooh, that looks haunted. That's how I would say what okay. they were saying. Okay. It was weird. There was a church that no one could go in. They'd remodeled the floor and put in new benches and things. You could just look in through the window instead of going inside the church. I was so disappointed by the church because they've replaced the flooring of the original church with just, like, gym flooring. So it kind of just looked like a church, like a Mormon church now does. Yeah, I think when the they Amazon. remodeled it, their goal was to meet the modern LDS standards of a church. Which is so lame because the rest of the town and the cemetery is more or less how it would have been back then. It's close to authentic. And then this church that would be a great building to go in and go look at all you can do is climb this little cement staircase and look through a window at their newly furnished floors and benches. Maybe the church was too haunted and they had to do something about it because I was getting really bad vibes from the buildings that were just people's houses. Can you imagine what that church would have felt like? Yeah, it would have been great. <laughs> it would have been so haunted by dead Mormons. Because Max, when we went down, there was this little cellar under one of the houses and it was just a dirt... Yeah cellar and it was it was really spooky and there was just a chair just a folding chair in the middle of it because you know teenagers go down there to have sex yeah i don't know because like i sat in the chair and it was it, was, it wasn't like a it was just kind of a maybe don't sit here anymore kind of a feeling that's kind of a thing that i got throughout the town even surrounded by other tourists who were there it felt uncomfortable and like you weren't supposed to be there. Yeah. Especially one of the smaller houses, there were two that were obviously family homes, and the smaller of the two had what was, I think, a storage shed for, for firewood, maybe? There was a storage shed. That was bad vibes. Do you just remember it? We couldn't figure out what it was for, and the, the geometry of the place was wrong. There were a bunch of 45-degree angles on the walls and stuff yeah that because i assume it like you said was used for storing firewood or something and it was uncomfortable for a reason that i can't really explain i guess then we can talk about the cemetery and that was real sad because there are just tons of baby graves all of the graves are so small it's like people are so disrespectful they're just footprints in the piles of dirt there were and there was what was it? it was a crappy beer? I remember that much, but there was a beer bottle left by the sign 
Do you remember what beer it was? It was not even... Pretty sure it was a bush light. Yeah. (laughs) Not even a good beer. (laughs) And it was the saddest part. In the back row, there were a whole bunch of graves. Because the cemetery was so old, most of the headstones had fallen apart to rubble. And there were new headstones placed on a lot of the graves. And there were pieces of the old headstones propped up. Uh, But the oldest graves in the back row... We didn't have any records that said who was there. All we had were little tiny hunks of rock that had been carved at one point. And that one made me sad that we don't even have their names anymore. And there were pennies on the other graves, which is, I guess, a way people show remembrance. So we stuck a couple pennies on those those back row graves that didn't have any markers. That was really sad. I thought it was really odd that there were three natives who were buried and they weren't included on any of the the tourist signage because there's a sign just outside of the cemetery that says all of the people who are buried their cause of death their death dates just all of the information that we have but the three natives who were buried there they only had the headstones and i thought it was really weird that they didn't get included on the signage We have a lot of photos of the graveyard and of the town on our Facebook page if you want to go see what we're talking about. But I do remember it was, sometimes the grave said Poinkum and sometimes it said Hokum. But it was on the same grave and so I think maybe he went by multiple names or he came from a time before people could really write. And so the spelling was different. And then there was another one named Wiley. And then Hokum had a son with a white woman. What was the kid's name? His name was Puss. (laughs) There was at one point three graves very close together fenced in with a replica of the fence that had been there previous that had fallen apart and been replaced. And they had one headstone between the three of them. And the, the tourist information says, oh, a reminder from the time when there wasn't enough to go around. It was really expensive to make these gravestones. So when three of the men from the village were murdered by Indians... They were all given one headstone to share that was a pillar and on three out of the four sides were their names and on the fourth side was a bible verse that was too worn to read but i thought it was really interesting yeah once upon a time you didn't get your own headstone you got there was a headstone every time they buried them because the the two sisters no the two girls who were friends who died on the same day they also shared a headstone until the the party that came in and replaced a lot of things added a second headstone for the second girl. Speaking of, there were a lot of accidental deaths. Yeah. Quote, accidental, unquote. I don't know if I buy the conspiracy theory, but... So the conspiracy theory that me and Max have is there's these two girls who were buried together that Michaela was just talking about, and they died falling off a swing. It's uh, what was written on their headstone was accident swing broke. That was written on the tourist information. What was written on their headstone was who was killed on the same day from a broken swing. That's what the, I, I was able to read the headstone. Okay, it was too worn for me to be able to read, but. He had to hold a flashlight up to it to see the shadows. Okay. But the reason that we're suspicious about it is because these, these girls were 13 and I think 12. 14. 13 and 14. Even older. And I've fallen off a swing a lot as a kid, and I've never died from it. <laughs> I just think it's suspicious that two girls 
who were a little bit too old to just die by tipping over, I feel, died because a swing broke. That feels suspicious to me. And I feel like this wasn't a swing set like you have at a playground. It wasn't built by people who care about child safety. It was probably two ropes and a, a piece of lumber hung from the highest branch in the tree the girls could reach. I don't think it's unfeasible that some girls fell out of a tree and then no one had any medical knowledge and they hit their heads. But I guess we'll never really know. We'll have to exhume the graves. Or, or don't do that. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. That's how you get haunted. That is how you get haunted. Don't, <laughs> don't just dig in people's graves. You will be haunted. Plus, like, you're going to have to look at their dead body. Yeah, that's gross. Well, we wouldn't. Some some science doctor would, right? <laughs> or are you guys just going to head out there with shovels? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think we'll just find ourselves a science doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Wow. <laughs> I think that's really all I have to say about Grafton. Yeah, there wasn't much aside from just weird feelings and just weird feelings. Like Michaela said, on our Facebook page, there's a ton of photos from our trip up there. I think they're pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. they're definitely interesting to look at. If you've never heard of Grafton before, give those photos a look. It's a pretty major, major ghost town in the area of Washington County. It attracted like 40 bikers and a German family in the time that we were there. Yeah, we left at sundown, and they were still just like eating dinner in their RV. I think their plan was to stay in Grafton. We, oh, they had a way cooler plan than us. Yeah, they got haunted way harder. Dang it. We messed up. <laughs> we can go back. Oh, we're going to have to now. All right, well now I kind of want to talk about just some different ghost stories in a different section of my notes. We're starting the, the haunting spooktacular. We're going to talk about ghosts this whole episode. That's a way better title, The Haunting Spooktacular. I should have gone with that. Dang it. You wanted to redo the intro? <laughs> <laughs> We're not redoing that. That took too much effort the first time. All right, so I've got some ghost stories that I found online. And these were just kind of the most interesting ones I could find in an article published by TLC in the name of the Long Island Medium. If you know who the Long Island Medium is, she's the worst person. <laughs> and I kind of wish someone could just prove that she was a fraud so she would lose all of her money. Isn't she that bitch that like goes up to people in grocery stores and is like, oh, your son spoke to me. Yes. And they just like break down. Yes. My mom watches that show for some reason. She loves it. And it... Makes me so mad. And she has that haircut. It's really short and spiky on top, and then it's really piecey at the bottom. She's got that white woman haircut. She just wants to speak to your manager at all times about their dead father. That's the haircut. <laughs> 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 all right. Well, the first story that I have is a haunting in the UK by Anne Boleyn. Anne Boleyn was the second wife of Henry VIII. In case you didn't know, she was beheaded because she committed, quote-unquote, adultery, which just meant she didn't give birth to a son, and King Henry VIII was like, I need some fresh puss. So the space that she haunts is from the Queen's house to the Chapel of St. Peter. When her ghost appears, sometimes it's headless, sometimes it's not. Most of the time it's headless. Now, the best haunting has been reported by some of the guards 
at these places, and they say that she gets pulled up to the chapel in a ghost carriage pulled by six headless horses driven by a headless driver. She steps out headless and just kind of walks around the church. But I like that in the afterlife, she was like, yeah, no, my horses need to be headless like me. And the driver. Yeah, and the driver also needs to be headless. It's very on brand, but maybe a little extra. I like that she puts in the extra effort, even after death. She also shows up sometimes at her childhood home, apparently, but only on Christmas Eve. And at that point, she puts a hood on. The, the hood is empty, but she's just wearing a cloak. So you gotta not... stay warm. It's wintertime at Christmas. She doesn't want to scare the people at Christmas. That's Christmas. All right, the second that I have is Sarah Winchester, uh, who died in 1922. So her husband was William Winchester, who was heir to the Winchester Rifle Fortune. And they had had issues feeling haunted no matter where they went. And so she eventually goes to a medium and she's like, hey, why am I being haunted? What's happening? I, I really don't like how I feel this way all the time. And the medium tells her, your family's cursed because your husband is responsible for tons of deaths because of the manufacture of guns. And the lady's like, oh no, what can I do to, to get these spirits to leave me alone? And the medium tells her, you have to build a house for all of those spirits. And so she sets up a construction project in their home, and it lasts for years. By the end of her life, they had 600 rooms in that house. I've been there. You've been there? That's uh, awesome. I've gone to the house. Um, a few years ago, me and my family went on a vacation to California, and we were like, let's go check out the Winchester Mansion. And it's like, they do a tour that you walk through, it, and there's like staircases that lead straight into the ceiling there's like doors that open up to like brick walls that's awesome because i've heard she just she just lost her mind at the end of it and she was like put things here put things there and they just kept doing it because she just kept paying them and she got like way into seances and all this stuff they she had a special secret room built into the mansion oh and just what? like she had a strange obsession with the number 13 so it would be random, like a staircase would have 13 steps. I had heard that, that there's, the 13 is just all over the house. So mm -hmm. staircases will have 13 steps leading to the 13th bedroom. and There's like 13 windows that you can see from the street or something like that. Exactly. And there's all the glass panels all add up to like 13 or something crazy like that. I saw online that there are, there are over 40 staircases in the house, which just seems unreasonable. And most of them lead to nothing. Mm -hmm. And so one cool thing, so by the end of her life, there's 600 rooms in this house, but she just kept having the construction. As soon as a room was finished, she was like, tear it down and build another one. So who knows how many rooms were actually built if you count all the ones that were torn down throughout her life. That'd be such a scary situation to be in, to be Sarah Winchester and to know if the construction ever stops, then that's when the haunting happens and you have to protect yourself from that because that's what i was told that she was told that if she ever stopped a building that's when the ghost would come to her for like vengeance and that's why it just got so crazy at the end exactly she was she was trying to appease the spirits of the people killed by the guns made by her husband's company and the only way to do that was to build the craziest mansion and she did it does this say pizzas written on your notes don't look at my notes <laughs> So my final story 
is about the Myrtles Plantation in St. Francisville, Louisiana. And the story starts off with a slave who's 19 years old. Her name is Chloe. Now, she belonged to a man who was named Clark Woodruff, and he was a judge. And as time went on, Chloe became his, quote-unquote, mistress. And they went through that arrangement of Mr. Woodruff occasionally raping Chloe and Chloe thinking it was love because she was 19 and a slave. And one day, Chloe became really jealous of the wife and was worried that Woodruff was going to leave her to be with his wife. And so she poisoned a cake. Her plan was to only put just a little bit of poison in it to make some kids sick. Well, what actually happened was she killed two kids and the guy's wife with the poison cake was immediately found out and hung on the farm. And so now the spirit of those kids and the wife and Chloe haunt the plantation. That cannot be a fun place. No, no. <laughs> the, the poor raped slave who accidentally killed some kids, quote unquote, accidentally killed some kids and a lady with cake. I'm sure it's not a happy place to be. So there's there's four ghosts? There's Chloe and the family or just the family? Chloe and the family are all ghosts. It's probably tense. I wonder if ghost Chloe is ever in the same room as like ghost wife and it's like really awkward. Probably. I don't think they're thinking about that right now. <laughs> I think that's what I'd be thinking about if I was the ghost wife and I was like, I just want to haunt this goddamn kitchen and this bitch who murdered me and fucked my husband will not leave. Hopefully... Eventually, the wife would come to understand that the 19-year-old slave didn't really have an option in whether or not she fucked her husband. Hopefully, you know, after some time passes, the wife understands that, oh, this is my husband's fault. Do you think ghosts can, can learn that way? Do you think she... Who's, who's going into the haunted places to educate ghosts about spousal abuse and rape and things? How is she learning this? She was alive in slave times. She didn't know what rape was back then. That's just how things were. <laughs> That's absolutely horrible. Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there's like like a ghost, Dr. Martin Luther King. Like he's not the actual ghost of Dr. Martin Luther King, but just like a ghost who did the Dr. Martin Luther King thing and taught the other ghosts that, hey, don't be racist, guys. And then that ghost was shot in the head by a ghost bullet? Yes. Okay. And he became a double ghost. Okay. And he was real racist in his double ghost life. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Alright, and that's the end of the stories that I have. So now do we want to get into talking a little bit more about real ghosts? Yes. I guess? Alright. So I basically, I found, I found 12 reasons why ghosts would stick around. Okay, what do you got? Is one of them that you were murdered by your wife's mistress? I'm going to say maybe. <laughs> All right, so basically, the most popular thing is that they died suddenly and very traumatically. Maybe they don't realize they're dead. Yeah, that makes sense to me. That sounds like the movies that I've seen. There are the other side of ghosts that stay behind to seek revenge on people that they were angry with in their life, or they were horrible people during their life, and they want to maybe take over a human body to continue that. So they want to be Chucky. So they want to be Chucky. Okay, glad we have enough movies to tie these all back in. <laughs> so obviously there's the unfinished business. Like, they need to get a message to somebody. Ghost dad. Sure. Sure. 
Ghost dad. He had to teach his kids that he still loved them. From beyond the grave. <laughs> Did he leave them pudding pops? In the, I've never seen pudding Ghost pop. Dad. <laughs> I don't think there were any pudding pops how, in that movie. How are you going to know somebody loves you if you're not being left pudding pops? What are some other reasons you can be a ghost? So basically, sometimes they refuse to acknowledge that they're dead. It's like they know, but they're just like, no. Just like denial. They're in total denial of it. Some people are scared that they're going to be treated poorly in the afterlife because they weren't good enough during their actual life, and so they don't want to move on. Because there could be hell on the other side. Yes. And some of them are angry because they feel like they were robbed of life. That's basically the reasons I found that ghosts stick around and interact with the living. Is one of them that they moved the headstones, but they didn't move the bodies? Poltergeist. (laughs) Maybe, I guess. You're pretty good at these references. (laughs) That's all I got. You're really on point. (laughs) And this kind of makes sense. When I was looking up ghost stories, some of the places that were coming up as popular hauntings were things like battlefields are almost always haunted most notably uh, Gettysburg Mm -hmm. here in the US is just super super haunted and that makes sense you've got a bunch of people who are young and dying not necessarily for a cause that they care about or believe in Mm -hmm. they're dying suddenly and violently it makes sense that they would have that energy or whatever it is left around and maybe a lot of them had like wives that they were focused on getting back to and oh that yeah i think that kind of hits most of those reasons if not all of them yeah, just just all of the reasons hit in one place that makes sense for battlefields also for prisons mm-hmm. prisons are almost always haunted because prison is a sad and violent place more often than it's not and there are a lot of religions folk religions and kind of indigenous religions where if you don't give someone the correct burial if they don't die at peace and are treated correctly in their body to aid them into the afterlife they would be ghosts if you die in prison if you die on a battlefield you just kind of get buried in the cheapest and fastest way and so you're not receiving the rights that you need to pass through the veil that's interesting i never i never thought about that another thing that i saw that constantly deals with paranormal activity is artifacts brought up from the Titanic. Hmm. And it's because a bunch of people were just on a vacation and all of a sudden their boat's sinking and you die in a horrible, painful way, freezing to death in the ocean. And then we dive down to like, oh, dude, look at this jewelry. I'm just going to take this off the skeleton. I think that would definitely cause a spirit to be angered. Oh, do you think that's what was going on in Titanic the movie? And that's why she threw away the necklace, because that was a haunted necklace. I think that's what you're supposed to read from the movie, is that she felt like it belonged in the ocean. Did she knew it was actually secretly a ghost movie? (laughs) Oh, man. That almost might make Titanic watchable. No, it won't. What makes Titanic watchable? So in the end, she dies. That's the credits, we know. And we see in her dream headspace after... She passes away in her sleep. She goes back on the Titanic and dances with that boy that she knew for three days and then let freeze to death. She had a husband. She had kids. She had grandkids. But no, it was the poor boy she fucked on a boat. Hey, maybe that car fucking 
was real, real good. Just like a, mmm, that's a spicy meatball good. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> you got another description for it? I guess not. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure stealing jewelry from the dead is a good way to make them mad at you. That makes sense. I kind of, I've always wondered what are the rules for hauntings? Because there's always, it's always different. Sometimes it changes in the same story. Like sometimes ghosts can't interact with the world, but also they can, I don't know, pick you up and slap you around if they want to. Ghosts always stick around wherever it was they were killed, but also sometimes they'll show up at their childhood home. So what are the rules for haunting? Yeah, I don't know if there are like actual definitive rules. I just think it's weird because in movies we can't... Agree. We even have different names for different kinds of ghosts because we still can't agree. Can a ghost throw a potted plant through a window? Or does the ghost... We have specters who are just... You can see them and maybe they'll scream sometimes. We've got poltergeists who will fuck your shit up and like draw in blood on the windows and make you hallucinate all sorts of things. And we have... Different kinds of ghosts who have different kind of things. Honestly, I wonder, is it what the dead person believes that ghosts can do? Hmm, okay. That makes sense why in the movie Ghost, he was all of a sudden real good at pottery because he probably believed that ghosts could make vases. Sure he didn't just want to fuck Demi more? I don't know, maybe Whoopi Goldberg wanted it and the whole movie was a lie. Maybe Whoopi Goldberg is just really good at pottery. What if there was no ghost? It was just Whoopi Goldberg fucking with Demi Moore? Yeah, Whoopi Goldberg just like couldn't convince this person to sleep with her. So she was like, by the way, I'm your husband now. <laughs> nah, Whoopi. <laughs> Maybe that's how she gets her groove back. Because she's in all those movies about getting your groove back. Thanks, Luke. I tried. Are we done with that? Should we move on to some science? Yeah, yeah let's sure. give, a, give us your science. Alright, so there are a lot of reasons why ghosts could stick around, but some other people have a lot of reasons why you idiots might think you're being haunted, is the tone that a lot of the science articles take. One of the first ones that I think a lot of people are already familiar with is the concept of infrasound. These are no noises that are so low-pitched that we can't hear them with our ears, but we can feel them. And so we know Deaf people can hear some sounds because they're not rattling the parts of the ear that work, they're rattling the whole body. So an airplane taking off, even without the use of your ears, you can feel that sound in the fluid of your chest. Interesting. And so there are other sounds that are not as loud as an airplane taking off, but they're deep enough that they do the same thing. They resonate in our bones and our organs. They're called infrasound. And they can really fuck with you. First of all, you feel this feeling in your chest that there's a heaviness, that there's a weight that some people talk about like, oh, I feel like there's an elephant on my chest, I can't breathe when they're having an anxiety attack. Infrasound can cause that feeling. It's also pretty interesting to me, at the perfect frequency, it vibrates just enough to jiggle the gelatinous fluid in your eyeball. So it's wobbling your eyeball around causing you to hallucinate things, black smudges or white smudges, or that things go a little blurry all of a sudden. Interesting. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you're in a place where you can't escape that sound for a really long time, you start to feel a lot of dread and fear because you can tell that something is not right and something is off. 
some people articulate that as feeling like they're being watched, feeling like someone's standing right behind them. You know how you can tell after a while, you're like, oh God, something has snuck up behind you and you turn around, it's just, it's the dog or something. And some people think maybe whatever feeling we get when the air around us moves that lets us know we're being crept up on or watched, infrasound can cause that feeling as well. And it'll also cause just straight up hallucinations, nausea, uh, headache, pain. The same as when you leave a concert and your head kind of hurts because it's been really loud. That is a feeling that infrasound can cause, but I'm most interested in how it just makes you feel dread, like something bad is about to happen, and like someone's in the room with you. That's interesting. Do you you have any idea what causes those kinds of sounds? There's lots of reasons. There was one, uh, they jokingly call it the haunted laboratory. It was in a university, and people always felt like they felt really sick and gross after that. Some guy... He was working late at night and he saw a blob and he couldn't find it and he saw the blob in the other side of his eye and he turned and he still couldn't find it. He came back with his friends in the morning and there was nothing in the space. It didn't look like anyone had broken in. So they were like, we don't think anyone was in here with you. Why are all these glass bottles shaking so violently? And he noticed that a lot of his measuring devices were picking up on a vibration. So they called someone who owned the building and they said, hey, what could be causing the shaking? And they said, oh, we have this experimental silent fan. And the fan, it spun so slowly that it made that really deep sound, instead of a whirring, a very, very low throbbing. And that was causing infrasound and causing people to feel sick. That's awesome. Hmm. Some places that are famously haunted, like the Coventry Cathedral, they went in with microphones and guess what was there? Just a bunch of infrasound. I'm Just sure. a low ass noise from the old pipe organ. Cool. Mm-hmm. Another similar phenomena that has caused people to hypothesize about ghost sightings are electromagnetic fields. They found if you take devices that can read electromagnetic fields, you get weird readings at very old castles. Huh, that's interesting. I don't know enough about. Um, magnetism and things to know why maybe old stone or old places could cause a wrong reading. But I do know from my reading that shifts in tectonic plates, seismic activity can cause a magnetic field to change. And guess what skyrockets right after earthquakes? Ghost sightings. That's cool. There was a guy who would notice that these electromagnetic fields could make people feel things psychologically. So he nicknamed it the God Helmet and put this big device on people's heads that caused um, fluctuations in magnetic fields. And people reported feeling like someone was standing right behind them, that they were having a religious experience, that they thought they were going to die, and that there was definitely a ghost in this room. That's amazing. I want to put on the God Helmet. Uh, my favorite, one that I hadn't heard of until recently. So in the UK, people are dealing right now with a severe amount of what they call sick building syndrome. And they found that a lot of people keep reporting similar symptoms and illnesses. And they're like, gosh, what could be causing this disease that has no name? And we find out they all live in the same apartment building, or they all work in the same building, or they all hang out in the same pub. And so something about the buildings themselves are causing people to feel sick, and it's because in the UK, a lot of buildings are so old, they are full to the brim 
with mold and fungus in the walls. Gross. And so we know that sick building syndrome is real and that fungus can cause you to feel sick. We also know that some very old books are full of hallucinogenic fungus. Huh. So I'm sure everyone's heard of magic mushrooms, the psychoactive fungus that you eat and then you get super duper high. No, I, I have absolutely no experience with psychedelic mushrooms. You don't have any experience with them. You've just read about them. Don't try to sound cool. Damn it, I wanted to sound cool. Damn. <laughs> Exposed. But they, they tested a bunch of old holy books to see if they had these funguses on them. And they're beginning to think that a lot of people's enlightened ex- uh, religious experience with these old books is just from inhaling a whole bunch of mold spores that were coming off the huh. book. And we know that in a lot of old libraries, people report depression, anxiety, uh, hallucinating smells, smelling smells that aren't there, hallucinating sounds, feeling paranoid, irritable, and having inappropriate anger, which confuses me because I feel like all of my anger is always appropriate. I don't know what, what qualifies an anger as inappropriate. But these molds and funguses can make people hallucinate. That's really cool. So it makes sense that an old, old house, like where we were in Grafton maybe, would have things maybe in the drywall, in the wood, that could make you feel certain ways. We need to go buy some old books. You're not going to feel <laughs> high. It's not going to be LSD. They were pretty clear that in one of, the, one of the articles I read, it was kind of from a crappy source. I think it was even the Daily Mail. They were like... You could tell your kids to see if you can get them to hang out in the library, but you should know no one's going to be tripping from old books. Oh, man. We have historical examples of funguses causing people to believe in things that are magic. In the 1600s, Salem, Massachusetts did all those witch hunts and killed all those girls because of the things that were happening that couldn't be explained. Yeah. We know that there was a fungus called ergot in the rye that they were eating. And ergot has one of the major components of LSD, naturally. Oh, oh, shit. So Salem was tripping balls, and that's why they murdered all those girls, probably. <laughs> you know something, in fairness, that does make sense, because, like, whose first thought is you see something you don't understand, for most situations, just burn them alive. <laughs> so they were just high. It's not their fault. Okay, that makes sense. Well, well no, no, no. <laughs> Let's not say it wasn't their fault that they burned those girls alive. Let's just say that they might not have naturally come to that conclusion immediately. So be accepted by historians who buy into this theory. In the subset of people who believe that ergot caused the poisoning, those people, it's accepted that they were seeing things like ghosts, they were feeling like their things were disappearing out from under their noses when really they were just not always sure where they were because they were high. And then... Sexism and rampant Christianity led to the girls being burned alive. As it does. And then, one of my favorites, just for the the balls of it all. Some scientists believe that we believe in ghosts because we're fucking suckers. They sent people into rooms that they had built out of white drywall, and it was a stop sign-shaped room. It was just round, and in half the room they were blasting infrasound to see if they could get a response out of these people, to see if they could feel... The haunting, if they could force a room to become haunted using the technology that they have. And at the end of the study, and they were looking through, where were people standing when they reported feeling watched, feeling a presence, feeling doom? 
there was no correlation with the infrasound at all. The only correlation was on the survey they took before they entered the room, did they already believe in ghosts? <sighs> that makes the most sense is that everybody's just a chump and believes in whatever. And it's similar. I'm sure we've all been there where someone says, do you hear that sound? And you tilt your head and you listen closely and you're like, I guess I kind of do. And you convince yourself that you're experiencing what people around you are experiencing. Or you have a friend that was like, oh, I'm so sick. And your stomach starts to hurt. But then you find out it's not the flu, it was food poisoning, and you're not sick at all. You just convince yourself that you're feeling things. And that's one of the major explanations for why people experience hauntings. And it's, it's so boring. That is real boring. I, I much prefer that... No, it, there's, there's ghosts. There's ghosts. It's just dead. It's spirits. Yep. That's more fun if it's, if it's your mean old aunt who's not ready to go because she hasn't fucked with your life enough yet. I like that better than the idea that I just want it to be haunted. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen a ghost? No, I haven't. But my family is convinced that my great-grandparents' house is haunted. Because there's this one side of the basement that nobody ever goes to because everybody feels uncomfortable when they're over there. Everything you just said, it makes sense that everybody feels uncomfortable when they go over there. That was my great-grandma's room where she died when she had cancer. Hmm. Nobody's afraid to go over there because, like, oh, there's a ghost. It's great-grandma died over there. Probably don't hang out in her room. Yeah, I never saw any ghosts. I just, I just remember as a young kid, my grandpa on my dad's side died when I was really young. I think I was like three or four years old when he died. And I just remember going over to their house because they were fixing up their house to sell it and just being drawn to go down into their basement. And it wasn't like a special basement. It was just like cement walls and two by fours. But just feeling like a warm, like a happy feeling down there. I've always been just way too susceptible to to bad vibes and to feeling sick. And I think it's part of having an anxiety disorder is you can... It's a, it's a feedback loop of, I feel kind of bad. Is this room scary? Now this room is scary because I feel bad. And you end up convincing yourself that things are much worse than they are. So I've, I've definitely felt, uh, we have to get out of here. This isn't a safe place to be. But just like in a Walmart. <laughs> it could have been a spooky-ass Walmart. I feel like all Walmarts are probably haunted by the ghosts of their prices. <laughs> Because they're slashing prices every God day. damn, you are hitting it out of the park this episode. <laughs> it's actually from the Chinese children who died in the factories manufacturing their bullshit. But oh, no. It could also be their prices. Who knows? Also, please, Walmart sponsor. No, no. We don't want, a, we don't want Walmart. I want to get sponsored by Walmart. Walmart, I think it's like Costco or something. It's not a real Aim a little store. higher. Get sponsored by Sam's Club. Ooh. Sam's Club is a nice store. It's still haunted, though. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same dead Chinese kids. That's yeah. okay. You know what should be haunted as fuck is iPhones. Do you remember reading about the... Um... <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you remember reading about the suicide nets in the iPhone factories? 
No. They had what? to hang nets in the stairwells because people were killing themselves in the iPhone factories too often. Oh my god, really? Yeah. Oh. Because these are people who are living on 16 cents a day, living in rooms that don't have windows, sharing it with like eight other people. People were killing themselves way too often in the iPhone factories. Nike had a similar problem. We just don't have photos of Nike's suicide nets. I'm glad that I have a, I have, I've got an Android, so I don't feel as guilty. Max, is your phone haunted? I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope they set it up so at the net there was a slide that slid them right back to the door of the factory. <laughs> just right into the seat of the sewing machine where they make the shoes. Sure. <laughs> you jump off the suicide, you jump into the suicide net at the iPhone factory and it slides you into the Nike factory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just into a different factory. <laughs> you just keep jumping until you eventually end up in the worst factory, which is what, Gap Jeans? Probably. Because then you're just surrounded by prepubescent girls. That's not fun. That's not fun in any culture. No, teenage girls are the worst people we have. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) The elderly? Babies? Ooh, Nazis are coming back. Oh yeah, Nazis are coming back. We have way worse people than teenage girls. A teenage girl Nazi? Oh no, Tana Mojo. Just kidding, I don't know if she's a Nazi. Let's not say that she's a Nazi. Allegedly, Tana Mojo is a Nazi who burns crosses on people's lawns. Allegedly. We can start rumors. I didn't say it. I didn't say it, but I heard she has a glance hood. But I didn't say it. Allegedly. But I didn't say it. Allegedly. I think if you just say allegedly enough times, you can just say whatever. That's not coming from me. (laughs) I don't even know who this person is. You just said a name. (laughs) She's just an annoying white woman who says the N-word too much. All right. Fair enough. We'll probably cut that out. Maybe. I hope so. Well, now we probably. Have to, not just we have to cut cut. It out. We did kind of just accuse a person of being a Nazi. I, I said allegedly like nine hundred times in there. <laughs> yeah, but allegedly doesn't mean shit. Right. That's the point of allegedly. Was that Whoa, ghosts ten out of ten? That was ghosts ten out of ten. All right, I'll, I'll I guess I'll give the first rating. And I'll say, Grafton was 10 out of 10 best swing set. Oh! (laughs) Oh, man. I'm going to say, Infrasound, 10 out of 10 dankest beats. Ooh, they are dank. (laughs) And I'm going to say, Ghosts, 10 out of 10. It's probably all bullshit. That's what I got. All right. right. Well, guys, I think that's the end of the episode. Uh, Thank you all for listening. We are on all kinds of social media, so please go and follow us. We're on Facebook at 10 out of 10 Reviews. That's where the photos of the Grafton Cemetery and the Grafton Abandoned Houses are. We're on Twitter, but I still have to learn how to use Twitter at 10 out of 10 Pod. That's 10-O-U-T-T-A-1-0-P-O-D. And that's on Twitter, at 10 out of 10 pod. We also have a Tumblr, which is 10 out of 10 pod.tumblr.com. And you can always send us an email at 10 out of 10 pod at gmail.com. It would also be really helpful if you guys would go out and rate us on the iTunes or Google Play Store. And again, I'm Alex. 
Michaela. I'm Max. And thank you all for listening.